0: You're listening to the Good Moon Clinic Podcast with Drs. Justine Corrie and Gemma Gladstone. We're two clinical psychologists and schema therapists with a passion for helping people get to the heart of the matter to find out what's really going on and to help break unhelpful life patterns. In this podcast, we'll take an in-depth look at the common issues our clients bring to therapy and hope to offer you some useful new ways to think about your life and the people in it. So stay with us. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. I'm Dr. Gemma Gladstone, clinical psychologist and certified schema therapist, supervisor and trainer. You know, both Justine Corey and I have worked with hundreds of women over the years who have come to therapy with a particular kind of dilemma. Their issue has been that they've found themselves repeating a certain pattern, a pattern of getting involved into romantic relationships with emotionally unavailable or narcissistic partners. So in response to this particular client issue, we developed an online course called The Red Flag Project. It's a short, affordable course, which we developed to help these women break this unhelpful pattern and to make smarter, healthier, better choices. So check out our website, goodmood.com.au for more information, and we'll keep you posted. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Good Mood Clinic podcast. My name is Gemma Gladstone, and I'm here with Justine Corrie. Hi, Justine. Hi Gemma, hi everyone. It's good to be back again for another podcast. And today we're going to start off with introducing a new segment we're going to have because we've been getting some things in our mailbox, haven't we Justine? Comments and queries about and some questions. People have been putting in some questions to us.
1: They have and we've got an email here from someone who has Obviously, listened to our podcast about narcissistic parents and reflected on what this means for her with her parent. And mm-hmm. she has very kindly given us permission to read it out and talk about it.
0: To read it out and talk about it. This is what we're going to do today. Yeah. So we'll do this segment from time to time, this mailbox segment. So please reach out to us at Gemma and Justine at goodmood.com.au. If you want to get in touch with us or raise a topic or ask a question. Yeah. And that
1: link will be in the show notes. So just check out that link down the bottom. Yeah, because if you're struggling with something, generally maybe someone else will be, won't they? They'll probably have had a similar experience and we'll find it also helpful just to hear what we have to say about it. You're not alone. (laughs) You're not alone.
0: If you're struggling, if you've got the issue, chances are loads of others will be in the same boat. Yeah, that's the good thing about, I suppose that's a good thing about, uh, one of the good things about what we're doing here as well, sort of raising conscious awareness about these very common topics that a lot of us deal with, normalizing it. So how about I read out this email from, I'm going to read out the email, but I'm just going to change this person's name and we'll just call her Jane. Jane, not her real name. Hi, Justine and Gemma. I stumbled across your podcast researching narcissistic parents. I have found your podcast to be full of wisdom and comfort. Thanks, Jane. I am working with a professional counsellor to support my transformation from emotional unavailability, self-sacrifice and subjugation schemas as a result of my upbringing uh, to healthy, secure, positive imprinting and attachment. It has been a painful revelation to discover that I did not have my needs met as a child and have entered into patterns of emotionally unavailable romantic relationships and friendships as a result. A lot of the hurt I feel is connected to my mother. I want her to understand and acknowledge the hurt she has inflicted, even if she's not to blame because she too didn't have her core needs met as a child. And even if I know this is probably wishful thinking on my part, Then she goes on to say, I want a good, healthy relationship with my mother, but I'm afraid of being judged, invalidated, and hurt yet again. After a period of no contact with my mother, following my separation from my husband, my mother reached out to me, opening the door to a conversation about our relationship. In response, I, in inverted commas, emotionally vomited over email to her, expressing my feelings and asking why she doesn't treat me the same as my siblings and seems to prefer them over me. My logical, rational mind knows it's not about me, it's about her and that I can't change her. But since my email, she has reached out to me saying she hopes i'm okay no explanation no apology for her behavior no message other than she hopes i'm okay so she goes on to say my question is this how do i know if this is her reaching out because she wants to try to mend what has always felt to me to be a strained and invalidating relationship or if this is just breadcrumbs, in inverted commas, messages intending to lure me in so that I can be heard again. Is there a safe way, as in emotionally safe for me, to tell the difference? What am I looking for to know I can be honest and vulnerable with her, or is this a lost cause? And then Jane very kindly goes on to say, keep up the amazing work. I feel grateful to have found your podcast and encouraged that I'm not alone in my experience. Thank you for sharing your stories of growth and healing. She likes our role plays, Justin <laughs> says your role plays are so instructive and you are an inspiring duo. Oh, oh
1: thanks, thanks Jane. That's so nice to hear. That role play, the narcissistic mother role play, we've had so much positive feedback on that. Everyone mm. out that you nailed it, Gemma, when you were role playing the narcissistic mother. Yeah.
0: Well that's um
1: lots of feedback about
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that was a composite
0: of um my mother was not a narcissistic mother, but I was able to channel that from somewhere, I guess, all the stories I've heard mm. over the years.
1: Mm. Mm. Jane's question. There's lots in here, Jane, isn't there? I think, and there's a few important themes. I think the first one that stands out to me is the fact you're kind of in the middle in a way. I think I mentioned this in the other podcast we did on narcissistic mothers. On one level, you're still really wanting a good relationship with her, which is entirely normal. You know, we all want to have that lovely relationship with our mum. But on the other hand, because of your past experiences with her, you're not, you kind of want to protect yourself at the same time because you said you are worried about being judged and validated and hurt again. That's a real bind and a really common one because, in a way, you I think you're trying to work out what's possible with her still, like you're not quite sure. Mm. Would you say that, Jim?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. In uh, Jane's email, she's willing to to try yet again, despite what sounds like a long history of hurt, and misunderstandings, hurtful things that have happened, or lots and lots of water under the bridge. But that after her mum reached out after the, you know, the separation, then she's written this really long sounds like she's written this really long email pouring out all these feelings and asking her mum for, for for answers for reasons.
1: Which I think that really good to do. Yeah, that's
0: a good thing. And mm-hmm. then her mum has come back in a way, and all the mother has said is, I hope you're okay. Mm. That's it. So she's resp- replied to this m- big email with just um, an acknowledgement saying, I hope you're okay. Nothing else, nothing yeah. else. And, and so Tain, it's like she's clearly yeah. wanting more there and wanting something, but mum has come back with nothing. So she's acknowledged she's
1: read it, I reckon. I hope you're okay. But she hasn't actually, And look, I'm not sure what you've What you asked of her, if you asked anything of her, Jane, when you did your big email, but whatever you asked, she hasn't actually come back and validated it or reflected on it or explained her part in it or apologised or anything like that, which I imagine is what you would have been hoping for. So in some ways she's acknowledged it, but she's invalidated you again because she hasn't actually reciprocated in the way that's sort of commensurate with what you wrote, which was obviously you know, you had a lot of your vulnerability in that. So that's sort of a rejection. I imagine you would have felt quite rejected, I imagine, when you got that email back. And then, and now you're thinking, what do you do now? So how do you respond to the I'm okay email? And this is when you're in that sort of middle, middle um, path, you don't know what to do. It's like on one hand, do I protect myself, you know, not really expect too much of her or do I kind of, kind of, Front up again and try and improve the relationship.
0: Well, I'm just, a, that's right. I'm just imagining, you know, if I was Jane in that situation here, I've just poured my heart out to my mother, my oldest relationship, the woman who gave birth to me. And I've poured my heart out to her and I'm asking and I'm saying, look, why? She said, Jane's really wanting something from her mum. She's wanting recognition. She's wanting to be seen. She's wanting to be understood. She's wanting. Her mother to be able to, for her mum to put her own stuff aside, and just to take care of Jane in in this moment, and um, for whatever reason, mum has not done that. She's like you said, she's acknowledged it somewhat, like that she's read it presumably, by saying, you know, hope you're okay. Uh, so there's the there's the we assume the intent there that. Jane's mum wants her to be okay, but she hasn't answered any of Jane's queries and hasn't provided her with any explanation or any comfort or any trying to repair. She has no, There's no repair there from, from Jane's mother. So then Jane is left with the question, how do I know is if this is something genuine from mum or what? And then what do I do now? And she asks, is there a safe way to tell the difference, and then she says, well, "What I'm looking for is to know can I be honest and vulnerable with mum, or is this a lost cause?" And of course, we don't know and can't answer that, but um, we can see that this is clearly very painful, and we can see that your mum has not given you what you need, and this is not what you needed to hear from her. So it's unresolved. There's a real non-resolution to that at this point,
1: and your asking Jane is can you engage with her in a way sort of expressing yourself but at the same time meaning, you know, in a way that your schemas won't be triggered with her and I'm not sure if that's possible to be honest. It's like, you know, when you're – then obviously it's great you're doing the self-development with your therapist and that's really important but I think in a way you're trying to negotiate what is possible with your mum and you may not have all those answers yet with her but you're sort of in a way trying to work that out, you'll know in yourself and maybe I'm sure we we'll have discussing this in therapy as to what would be enough for you to actually, you know, give up and say this is a lost cause and you're working out what that is for you. But I think with this situation, so I always say past behavior is the best predictor of future behavior, right? So unless someone has done some really big self-development themselves, you know, in, in between the relationship breakdown and trying to reinitiate contact again, in a way, you can kind of expect the same type of thing to happen. What do you think about that, Jim?
0: Yes, I, I, I totally agree. That's what we—that's what we know to be true. Yeah, and it's just a very—it's a very all too common, but obviously unique, it's all too common pattern that Jane has put out here. And the thing is now she's in a situation, and I suppose Jane is feeling, I can hear, I can feel the pressure that that she feels like she has on her shoulders now, that it's all up to her to make this decision. Uh, Do I keep pushing with mum, presumably? Do I sort of say, hey, mum, didn't acknowledge this, you didn't give me what I am needed, all that kind of stuff? Or does she kind of say, mum, no, I don't want any more? Or does she just sort of, you know, have some, some relationship you know, take the crumbs from mum and have mum as as, as as some relationship for her in her life. And this is the difficult point that people reach. What I can say is that there comes to time with many people assessing their relationships with their narcissistic mothers or fathers. In order for the parent, I mean, this for me, this very much sounds like that I'm assuming, I don't know what's going on, obviously, for Jane's mother, and this is not about analysing that, but sort of just to say that in order for your parent to come to the party and be able to say, look, I hear you, you know, yes, I am taking some responsibility for the state of our relationship and this is what I think. And to be able to do that takes a lot of what we call in schema therapy, the healthy adult mode. So like Justine says, it, was re- it requires that your mother has reached a point in her life, whether she's either done the deeper internal self-exploration, emotional work she might do in therapy, or she's reached a light at point in her life where she can see you as a separate person with separate wants and needs and see you as someone who is not a threat to her emotional self or ego and is, is able to separate herself from you. And to me, this speaks like a woman who's not at that point, who is not able to separate her vulnerability from yours. In other words, she can't put her own stuff aside and say, look, I'll deal with this pain of my own stuff, but my my daughter actually needs me to be here for her and needs me to respond and to repair and to take some ownership of what I've contributed to the relationship and the harm I have caused And it doesn't sound like she's at that point because for a parent to be able to do that, they need to take their vulnerability, look at their vulnerability, deal with their stuff, as in deal with their shit from their past, deal, and and have that there as something that they own and need to deal with. And only when they can take ownership of their wounds and their vulnerability and put that aside can they actually be there for you. But the problem is with these parents is that they're often not at that point, and that every time you come and ask something of them, they're triggered, and their wounds take priority. So their wounds take priority. That gets in the way of them healing the relationship with you. In order for their wounds not to take priority, they need to do their own work.
1: Mm. I, don't I can only deduce from her response as something she still finds really hard. If you're thinking, okay, I want to give this another go, you'd have to work out actually you just have to be focused on what's going to feel good for me in terms of what I express and just feel good you've expressed that and then not necessarily, I suppose you just have to accept whatever whatever the outcome is from your mum because there's no sort of magic way to communicate or what words to use or anything like that. It's just you just have to prioritise what's important to you and your self-respect and for you to feel that you've said everything you can say and then but not obviously say it in an effective way but then you have to see what comes back, and in a way, that's just you collecting more information about what your mum's possible possible for her. And at some point, you will collect enough, and then you'll kind of know. So I suppose if you want to keep giving that a go with her, you are likely to be triggered by her again. That's that's what I would, I would say. And then so you would have to be doing your own work, which you are doing, to be able to manage those emotions that come up. Which you know. It's really, really hard because it's when you have a rejection or an invalidation, it's it's re-traumatizing. You know, you have all of those old feelings that you had when you were little. It's a difficult thing to do, but if you can tolerate the fronting up to work out exactly where you stand with her, that can be a valuable thing to do. Mm. What do you think, Jim?
0: Yeah, I, I, that's right, and I I say to my clients that, you know, there's always two forms of expression, I think. but it's good to be able to when when you maybe write an email such as this or send a letter to your parent, it's therapeutic, it can be therapeutic in and of itself. One is that we need to express and own and, I suppose, care about ourselves enough that we own what we're saying and and what we're expressing, and say, yeah, I deserve to be able to say how I really feel about this relationship. That's one. And then the second one is sometimes what we say and things we send can be used to facilitate a relationship and a repair, but many times not. In other words, the second person will read it and not be moved by it or be so triggered they won't know what to do about it or will get angry or be protective or whatever. So the being true to yourself part and being authentic and being able to say, you know what, I owe this to my own inner child or my own vulnerable child here. The little girl who didn't get my needs met, I'm going to say, hey, this is important to me. So sometimes communicating, writing letters and all of that, we need to be able to say, in doing so, I can never make the other person feel or act or respond the way I would like them to. I can never do that. That's never going to happen. I can't make mum feel a certain way by expressing and saying what I want to say. That's never going to happen. And there's grief and sadness tied to that. But you owe it to yourself to be able to own those messages for yourself to say, well, actually, I deserve to spell out the fact that I I was hurt by this relationship. I deserve to be able to spell out the fact that I didn't get these needs met and that what hurt me and that I was entitled to have a mother who cared for me and met my needs. So, I think there's nothing wrong in being authentic and owning and sending letters such as this or emails such as this. There's nothing wrong. There's no shame in it. And I think it's very good and very healthy. But part of the process is we have to come to terms with the reality that we don't get back often what we need and what we want and what we deserve. And and that's where a therapist can really come in and help us navigate that hurt.
1: Mm, yeah. It's, it's, very, it's very hurtful and very difficult. So, so, I think I'm just looking at the question again. If this is just breadcrumbs, messages, and 10 or 2, lure me in so I can be hurt again, we can't tell that, obviously. So, that past behaviour predicting future behaviour, that's where I'd go with that one. Is there a safe way to tell the difference? And what am I looking for to know I could be honest and vulnerable with her, or is this a lost cause? I think what we're saying is that we can't tell. And I think you're probably hoping for it to be different and not sure if it's going to be and really it's up to you whether you're at a point right now where you can front up again and communicate something about her response or whatever it is you think you need to communicate but also tolerate being triggered again and if that is something that's really important to you even though there might be that cost attached to it in terms of working through this difficult relationship with her I'm sure you better talk to your therapist about that but there's no magic tricks or you know sort of rules of thumb or anything like that because everyone's different you'd have to know that in yourself whether yeah just where are you at right now and can you tolerate the emotions that might come up if you get a bad response or the response that you're not getting the response that you're hoping for and sometimes you know like it's, it's actually okay just to wait for that as well you don't have to like rush and just do it you can kind of just work you know kind of with Do what works for you. So if you have to kind of do a bit of work to be able to tolerate that conversation or to be able to tolerate her doing what she's always done, then that's something that's something to be prioritized and is really important.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. I go along with that. And and just be kind to yourself, Jane, too, because you know, having a difficult, protracted difficulty with your mother and having a mother who hasn't been able to be there for you is one of the pain, great pains of life. And it's a big thing. So, so I think, you know, be kind to yourself and invest in positive relationships of the relationships where you do get your needs met. I think work, continue to work on this in therapy and, you know, you're on the right path with doing that. So I think that is, um, you're obviously very psychologically minded and reflecting a lot on yourself. And I think keep that up and go with that. We would encourage that yes, it's difficult and be brave. Difficult to be brave, and which you have been. You put yourself out there, but you can never not be triggered. That's else what Justine's saying. You can never not be triggered. It's how we soothe ourselves after we're triggered and how we respond to ourselves in a kind way. That's very
1: important as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just to normalise all these questions you have, it's entirely normal as you're working through what this relationship is going to mean to you going forward. So you're on the right path from what we can see.
0: Yes. So we hope that has gone some way to um, responding to your email. And we're very grateful that you sent something in to us, Jane. And we wish you all the best going forward. All the best. So if you would like to send us something to our mailbox segment, please do so by reaching out at Gemma and Justine at goodmood.com.au. That will be again in our show notes. And this is probably a good time to wrap this one
1: up then. Do you want to say anything more on this topic, Justine? Well, I was was actually just thinking there's some really great reading that Mm. we can probably people in the direction of and we'll mm-hmm. put some the links to this in our show notes mm-hmm. so one is Reinventing Your Life which is a self-help book for schema therapy so most of our clients get pointed in that direction when they come and see us so it's got some really great information on schema therapy in general and sort of the foundation sort of knowledge base uh, for it and then just two books that relate particularly to narcissism that we recommend to clients one is Children of the Self-Absorbed There will be a link to the show notes and the other one is called Disarming the Narcissist. And so those are also two resources that we generally point our clients in the direction of. As you know, Gemma and I, we are developing some courses based on the work we do with clients. And the one we have available now is called the Red Flow Project. So it's for women who have a history of attracting unavailable men, and it gives really practical strategies and tactics on how to turn that around and start dating in a different way. And then more generally, we are also developing our learning hub, which will have other courses that we will be developing based on our work with clients. And that is www.goodmood.com.au forward slash learning hub. Well, actually, there's a dash in between learning. And-
0: learning Dash Hub. But anyway, yeah, uh, but there'll uh, be a link to the show. There'll be in- a link. That's, that's important. Out. Just yeah. check that out on the end. And the so the Learning Hub will be the place for you to go to check out what's new. And uh, because currently, Justine and I are working on a short course
1: called Dealing With Your Narcissistic Parent. Because we've had so much response to these the series of podcasts that we've done, obviously, it's a really common problem that people are struggling with. So we thought we would condense all of our knowledge into a more structured way so you can go through, see in more detail how Gemma and I would sort of approach that with a client and help them through it. We're going to transform yeah. that into a course.
0: Yeah, it's really going to be a bit of a deep dive into recognising the pattern and understanding and some strategies and skills to just surviving and dealing with um your parent and a bit of a guide to getting through all that
1: mm. for you so you'll be able to at the moment we're developing it so you'll be able to put your name down to be told when it's ready to go yeah
0: so visit the learning hub of our website which you know is au. so i think it's a good spot to wrap that up then yep see you later thanks again bye-bye well that's it for today We've really enjoyed spending time with you and we hope that you keep listening. You can visit the podcast page on our website, goodmood.com.au, for more information and to access show notes. Please remember that this podcast is intended for information and learning purposes and that it shouldn't be used as a substitute for personal therapy. So please consult a qualified mental health professional for assistance that is tailored to your specific needs. Hope you stay well and take great care of yourself. Bye for now.